0: <laughs> uh, but
1: so the way uh, the way this has kind of developed is, is that um, I'll read a set of scriptures, and I have a set <laughs> of uh, questions I've written down for those scriptures, and so I'll ask those questions and let people answer and give my opinion yes. sometimes if I think it's good. <laughs> um, so we get to talk yeah. so.
2: and ask questions.
1: Yep. And we're doing Jeremiah 33 and
2: 34.
1: Okay. 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 So if somebody would like to read 1 through 4.
2: I will. Moreover, the word of Jehovah came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the guard saying, Thus saith Jehovah that doeth it, Jehovah that formeth it, to establish it. Jehovah is his name. Call unto me and I will answer thee and will show thee great things and difficult which thou knowest not. For thus saith Jehovah the God of Israel concerning the, house of the houses of this city and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are broken down to make a defense against the mounds, and against the sword. Hmm. Defense. Is that defense? Yeah, yeah defense, defense. They didn't spell it right. They spelled it D-E-F-E-N-C-E instead of... Oh, you and the King James? I am in American Standard Version.
1: Huh, I have the new American Standard Version.
2: You have the new American. This is just the American Standard Version. Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I could do the next one if you want
1: me to. Oh, uh, nope, it's uh, question time. Oh,
0: okay. But he'll call in. Go,
1: do, You'll get your chance, I'll, Okay. I'll, I'll remove um, so is, why is God telling Jeremiah these kinds of things while he's in prison? Because this is while he's still in... This is still while uh, Zedekiah put him in prison. Zedekiah put him in prison?
2: Yeah. Okay. Is it maybe because God put him there? Through him? And that he... He, he wants to know that that that's not going to keep him it's just a thought that's not going to keep him from doing what God wants him to do He said, why did he put why did God still speak to him while he was there? I don't mm-hmm. think it matters to God where he is and mm-hmm. where he serves
1: I agree
3: yeah that's a, that's a, you know it's very interesting. we often think I must have done something wrong if I'm in prison or I must mm-hmm. have done something. You know, God doesn't uh, smile on me or favor me if if uh, my life is upside down and things like that. And it's oftentimes in those times mm-hmm. that God is closest to you, yeah, and directing your path. I was thinking of of uh, Joseph, you know, when yeah. he was in prison. Oh, yeah, and God was very close. Nine years, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and was, but that was God's plan for mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. you know. And there are things that he was able to do that he would not have been able to do had he not gone to prison. Mm. You
1: know,
2: And we can think of so. different things that God has brought us. Like, for instance, God brought us out here, and we didn't think it was, we thought it was for all the reasons, the the earthly reasons that could be, but it was really a, a scriptural, mm. you know, kind, of not scriptural, but... But a trust thing that only God wanted us to be out the here. The only so.
3: things we kept were the things that we could carry in two cars.
1: Yeah.
2: I know that feeling. The sewing yeah. machine had to go with me. So. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. uh,
1: oh, did you have oh.
4: something else to say? <laughs> it, it was not important. <laughs> I was going to say you were like Mrs. Beaver. She Calls me Cleaver Beaver. <laughs> you know, don't, don't she the wanted to bring her Barbie. sewing machine and they're like it's too heavy yeah, yeah yeah,
0: in of Narnia. when they're leaving yeah. the house I, I really with identified the, with the her, children okay yeah. i
2: identified <laughs> with her all right so just back up so.
1: yeah it probably should have provided more context for that question because this is uh this ends up being a very like in this chapter it ends up being a very encouraging set of prophecies yeah. and i was just curious yeah. as to um if we could think of any reasons as to why God is giving Jeremiah this upbeat prophecy now while he's in prison, do we think it's the purpose was well, to encourage this is,
3: him? Uh, this is during the siege of Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. So everything that, that Jeremiah had prophesied up to this point was coming to 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 Fruition. reality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we, mm-hmm. he, he he for ten years he was sitting there saying Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, well, the first ten years before the the um, before Zedekiah. He was preaching, "Hey, you guys are screwed up. You're going to be taken over, Loom and Doom." So, so Nebuchadnezzar came in, and it wasn't as bad, you know. Yeah, he took away a lot of people and whatnot, but he didn't take everything away. Mm. Okay, this time he's coming in, and according to the prophecies that Jeremiah has given, and Zedekiah is going to be taken prison, and he's going to be blinded, and. You know and uh, the, the city is going to be burnt to the ground, hey man, and spoilers, nothing is going to be left, and it's going to be in, like an empty tomb almost, yeah, is the way it's described. So, um, and then in the middle of that, you know, God's coming in and sitting there saying, Hey,
1: I'm with you, yeah, true, sure, exactly.
0: Sure. I almost see it as like He's when a father, or a parent is disciplining his children, mm-hmm. which is what they need right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, after like after they spank them or whatever the mm-hmm. actual action is um or they send them to their room and they come back and it's like say they say something along the lines of do you know that i love you and yeah that
3: yeah,
0: um i'll never stop loving you and it's my job to keep you safe or you know by teaching this lesson so i kind of defeated mm-hmm. th- in that way as well kind of like that's being like the good father he is mm-hmm. explaining that and i know i've been like what i've been chastened by god um, mm-hmm. it's almost and it's not fun Mm-mm. but i mean at the at the moment it's, it's not, not it's at the <laughs> moment it's like you want to be that kid who pouts and, and he goes <laughs> and it's like do you know i love you and i have i have a good plan for you mm-hmm. so yeah pretty much or yeah, it's he rough said to go through did, those circumstances. To cheer him up, maybe I was,
1: I was 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 curious if that was the purpose because this is quite literally things could not be more worse. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Jeremiah saw it coming. Obviously, he saw it coming. He's been writing about it for the past 30 chapters, yeah. but um, just like this is like the worst it could be. He is in prison. Jerusalem is under siege by Babylon, and the city is coming down around. And now God is saying, "Hey, man, don't worry about it. This is going to get better." <laughs> Okay, would somebody like to read verses 5
0: through 9? Sure. The siege mounds and against the sword. They are coming in to fight against the Chaldeans and to fill them with the dead bodies of men whom I shall strike down in my anger and my wrath. For I have hidden my face from the city because of all their evil. Behold, I will bring it to health and healing, and I will heal them and reveal to them abundance of prosperity and security. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel and rebuild them as they were at first. I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me and I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. And this city shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and a glory before all the nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for them. They shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the prosperity I provide for it.
1: Okay my first question is um, it's kind of just to highlight the contrast like how much of a contrast is this to the previous prophecies because and I just say this because we've read about how thoroughly God is going to destroy Jerusalem
3: yes mm-hmm.
1: so this is um, I guess this question kind of speaks for a itself this is a pretty a vast difference like the idea that God is going to bring back this city from the destruction he's going to bring upon it it's pretty incredible yeah, when you think
3: about it, I mean, you know, the, the, some of the statements he used was, "and pe- this will be a hissing," meaning like people are going to go by and go, mm-hmm. yeah. they didn't follow after their God. Look at this place. Yeah. This is a, this is the epitome of a of a God who hates their people yeah. and has brought judgment on their people. You know, and they will all be taken away into captivity, and those that are left, mm. you know, the, they will not have anything.
1: Yeah be like a, a cursed place.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm. Okay. Now, uh, what do these prophecies imply about how Jerusalem is going to be restored?
3: Well, first off, he talks about um, not just restoring Jerusalem, but of uh, the process of cleansing it and mm. yeah. healing it. Yeah. You know, there's a, the there's the impression of like, okay. You're, you've been on the operating tab- table, i cut out all the bad, mm. all the stuff that is, that all the cancerous growth, all the vile stuff in you, mm. and now I'm going to heal you and start to, to bring you back. Mm. So to make you healthy again, to make you strong. So it's that kind of a description that he's providing yeah,
1: here. Yeah, this is very true. It's
0: going to be like a transformation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, much agreed. Um, I was also thinking that he's talks about people, um, you're going to hear the voice of the bride and the bridegroom, you're going to hear the voice of joy there, and that's kind of the opposite of what he'd said earlier, is mm-hmm. that when he was mm-hmm. laying down mm-hmm. things, he explicitly said that the voice of the bride and the bridegroom would not be heard in this city anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's mm-hmm. it's like it's like a, it's, as you said, it's a complete transformation, a full 180 mm-hmm. of God bringing it back from it. On death, it's like he's going to mm. resurrect a corpse.
3: Mm. It's interesting that you know. At least I find it fascinating that God has such a um, a, a fair or a attitude about Jerusalem specifically as a city. Mm. You know, you would think that that okay, it's just a city. Move on. You know, find mm-hmm. something else. You know, go someplace else. You know, you don't need to be in Jerusalem to be close to God. Type of a thing. And yet, God continues to sit there and, and treat Jerusalem special as if it's his home.
1: Yeah, you know? I, I find that interesting, too. a special deal.
3: place for him.
1: Hmm.
3: You know? And that, that just to me is really fascinating. You know? Or you almost want to go there and say, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to go and sit and wait. <laughs> but you could be waiting a thousand years yeah. Yeah. You know, before you see the fruition of what God has prophesied.
1: I wonder if there isn't, like, um, the idea wasn't to contrast Babylon and Jerusalem because, you know, Babylon is used frequently throughout the Bible as a symbol of uh, the secular domination and yes. a, a godless government and a worldly system ultimately. A worldly system, yes. Yeah. And so you have like Babylon is like this opposing city, and then you have Jerusalem, which is the city that God raised up. And it's kind of I don't know. Like I wonder if God didn't focus so doesn't focus so much on Jerusalem, like also for the sake of contrast.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, probably absolutely. That, that's probably a valid point mm. because yes, you're correct. He talks about. Um, Babylon and, and then uh, throughout the ages everyone calls about well. This is the new Babylon. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, they talk about Rome. This is the new Babylon, you know, yeah, um, that's who Peter and Paul were referring to as the new Babylon. Mm-hmm. You know and uh, Even into the modern times, you know, we talk about the you know, this is the in the end times it talks about Babylon as the world, the world systems Mm. you know that are going to be coming about
0: Mm.
3: so but you're right Nathan that's a very good point
1: I think I skipped ahead with one of my questions I'm sorry (laughs)
3: yeah
1: okay so wait where am I yeah it's 33 sorry lost my place um okay I was asking questions from ten through thirteen. I'm sorry. Okay, so five through nine. Uh, What does it mean to reveal an abundance of peace and truth? And do you think this is a reference to Christ? This would be. Where are you? Behold, we are. This would be verse verse six. Yeah, verse six.
2: Why wouldn't it? It could be the Holy Ghost too. Hmm. Right
1: now, that's, that's an interesting that's an interesting um, statement. It is an
3: interesting statement. The way that it's put together, mm-hmm. the abundance of peace and truth.
1: Oh, yeah. what, what mom said it could prosperity be the, the
0: um, and yeah. okay. prosperity. The reason
2: I say to that is because the Holy Spirit reveals all truth, mm. right? And and He teaches and He reveals things. That's why I said that.
1: Yeah. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit came after um, Christ, so it, it could be a reference to that.
3: I think, um, it could also be the, um, abundance of peace and truth would be, could also imply, you know, abundance because of peace and truth. Hmm. You know, so you're, you're talking about an abundance of life, and a, an abundance of grace and relationship, mm-hmm. of, an abundance of joy and happiness, you know, all the things that are the result of having peace and truth. Hmm. You know, we look at it today and in today's society and whatnot, and it's hard to tell the truth from lies. Mm-hmm. You know, we get so much misinformation, twisted words. And, you know, I mean, you know, they, they talked about Clinton when Clinton said, well, it all depends on what the meaning of is is. Uh. And it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and we're now an entire society that treats it that way. You know? And I think mm. of you know, how can we as a society, if we don't have standard meanings for everything, and we twist it to everything we mean, how can we have any kind of a peace?
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, that also is an interesting statement. Uh, truth is necessary for peace.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah.
0: The absence of truth is the absence of peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of chaos. Yeah so is
4: this so talking no about the millennial reign
1: i was curious about that because my next question is, is do we think that verse the prophecy in seven has happened yet because god says i will restore the fortunes of judah and the fortunes of israel and i will rebuild them as they were at first i will cleanse them from their iniquity which they have sinned against me and i will pardon all their iniquity this is seven and eight at least by which they have sinned against me and by which they have transgressed against me now the pardon i would presume is christ's the coming of christ mm-hmm. because that's where the ultimate part right, comes from right. but where he says i will restore the fortunes of jude and the fortunes of israel like I'm, I'm curious if that's occurred or in the process of occurring because i don't
3: think it's occurred yet yeah I, I i think i agree I think, it, I think that is we are talking about the millennial reign there because wow. you wow. have to think about um first off the the, uh, the ten tribes the ten missing tribes from mm-hmm. israel um We've well, only found, I think, one or mm. two. Okay. That means eight tribes are still missing. Yeah. Okay. And none of them have any kind of a relationship <laughs> with Christ.
1: Yeah. At mm-hmm. this point. Very true. So
3: until they actually have that, there's no way for them to be restored to a right relationship with God. Yeah. To where their iniquities are truly wiped out.
1: Yeah. And, um... If we were talking about like raw physical wealth, and this is nowhere near as important as the other ones. But if we were talking about like the fortunes of Israel and Judah, Israel is probably doing pretty well right now. But I think comparatively it's not like
3: oh, no. at the level of
1: glory it was no, like at the height of its power mm-hmm. back in biblical times. No. Right. I mean, you know, it's
3: still a nation that's under siege largely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, fighting day to day for its own existence. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Okay, uh, would somebody like to read 10 through 13, and perhaps the questions I've already asked will make more sense.
2: Mm-hmm. All right,
3: 10 through 13. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is the New King James Version. Thus says the Lord, again there shall be heard in this place of which you say, It is desolate, without man, and without beast, in the cities of Judah in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man and without inhabitant and without beasts. Joy in the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever and will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord. You said uh, 13? Yep. Okay. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In this place which is desolate, without man and without beast, and and in all of its cities, there shall again be a dwelling place of shepherds, causing their flocks to lie down. The cities of the mountains, in the cities of the lowlands, in the cities of the south, in the land of Benjamin, in the places around Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, the flocks shall again pass under the hands of him who counts them says the Lord
0: Mm. I like how that's phrased Mm. pass under the hands of the one who counts them and that's Mm -hmm. his sovereignty that he counts all the uh, copious amounts of
3: shepherd sheep in Israel Mm -hmm. Mm. Amen
1: Yeah. Okay, we're recording again. Oh, I don't know what happened. It, it died on me.
3: We're recording. Okay.
1: Yes, we are. Wow. So
3: uh, you can't see it, Hi can you?
4: People.
1: Yeah.
3: So my question <laughs> is this: Okay, the purpose of sacrifices was for sin and for sin uh, and for offerings of atonement. Mm-hmm. But in the um, in the uh, millennium, mm-hmm. You wouldn't you think that sin would be done away with? And that people would not need to sacrifice?
1: You know, you, this is actually that is actually is one of my questions. We we basically answered the other ones. I think we can safely say that this is, these prophecies are messianic and this refers to the millennial reign, which were my other two questions. My third question was ultimately that. Is is that um, why do we uh, see that the it's <clears throat> is that the of yeah, it talks about burnt offerings and stuff which are, are done away with by Christ. But I had a thought about that. I'm gonna let other people talk.
4: So what's the question? I don't think... Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, The question is ultimately... um, Well, I'll I'll read it. Does Christ fulfill the prophecy in verse 18, or does this imply some kind of continuation of the Jewish religion as laid out by the covenant in Moses? Basically, why are there still burnt offerings and sacrifices going on if Christ fulfilled all that and it's supposed to be unnecessary now?
4: I personally don't think that sins are done away with during the millennial reign, because after the millennial reign... There's a uh, I remember in Revelation there's like a mm-hmm. gathering of people who have followed son. after Satan mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. yeah. So but then Satan, there has oh, to be, Satan. Gonna be mm-hmm.
0: yeah explicitly mm-hmm. and.
1: But why do you think there are still burnt offerings going on when we have Christ who is, who is the ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. for those offerings? Do you think they will have burnt offerings in the millennial reign?
3: I think she said good. yes. Um,
1: I, here's my thought on
3: this. Well, oh, hold on. Let's. Okay. Is Antichrist Go going ahead, to? Uh, oh. I don't
4: want to jump your your oh. ahead of you. Well then I'm Well, I I didn't have I didn't have actually have an answer about the burnt offerings. I, I just think there will be sin. Yeah, and I agree but with you. Dad I agree saw. with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay.
0: yeah. I was throwing out that maybe is Antichrist going to deceive people into. I
4: bet sure. you yes. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the end,
3: what happens is um, just a quick on Revelation. In the end, at the end of Christ's thousand-year reign, Satan is loosed again, and the ten tribes join with him to try and attack God and God just kills everybody. Obliterates them. Mm -hmm. uh, They don't get close. I mean, you know, it's just like, okay, that's it. It's over. Sovereignty of God,
2: uh, right? like we're done now. But to to, to get back to your
3: answer, okay, at that time, there is a remnant that is in the earth. Mm -hmm. And that that remnant in the earth is not necessarily everybody that has received Christ as their Lord and Savior Hmm. in in the Jewish time. Okay? There are those that will be brought back. The, all the martyrs and whatnot will be reigning and will be judging man and the angels <coughs> at mm. that time. That also comes out of Revelation. So there is a thousand. I'm sorry, it's dust.
1: Okay. It's you all right? I'm fine. We need to bring it before the elders and for you? No, I'm you to ask.
0: Dusty, mine. no. Okay.
3: Thank you, though. Exactly. Does she have an inhaler? <laughs> <laughs>
2: sorry.
0: That's the medical
2: person in the room. <laughs> sorry. You're
0: fine.
1: we are good. We had a kitty
0: with asthma or like a nebula, and it's like, doing. I don't know
1: I was, op- ca- I was kind of worried. I'm just going to, I think pressing. you're probably right. Here, but I'm going to throw this out there just as kind of an alternative thought. I was kind of wondering if the burnt offerings and the grain offerings and whatnot, like that's very specific, so that kind of makes me think I'm wrong, but I was thinking that the sacrifices might be a reference to Christ himself. Cuz it says David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel, and we know that is Jesus. Yeah. It says the lo- and the levitical priest shall never lack a man before me to offer burnt offerings. And I was wondering if that wasn't also Jesus because he we know that he is that's our high priest. Point.
3: Yes, he is. He's both the high priest and the uh, and a ruler. Yeah, and it's the only time that we see the two joined together. Yeah,
1: and he's interestingly, he's also the sacrifice, though.
3: Yes, but, but his sacrifice but was once and all, once and forever. Exactly, which
1: is kind of what makes me think that the burnt—sorry, o- mom—I'll I'll shut up in a second. But it kind of <laughs> makes me think that's what the burnt offerings and the grain offerings are not necessarily uh, reflective of Christ because they're very specific.
2: But. But he doesn't say, he just says, neither shall the priests, the Levites, want a man before me to offer burnt offerings. And it's not that they're going to do that, right?
1: Well, that's, um, in the in the New American Standard, it says, and the Levitical priest shall never lack a man before me to offer burnt right. offerings and to burn. So it means that they, um. You, you've got a, an it's, old English. It's
4: an old way of, like, um, you know, Psalm 23, where, like, uh you, you they lay down the uh sheep by green pastures they shall not want. Mm-hmm. Mm. It it does it means that they shall not lack of kind yeah. of used the same way. Yeah. yeah. They shall ha- they have all they need. Yeah. Right thing. That so they don't even
2: need to do it is what I was taking it as. Mm. That, that I was taking it as should they need should they need it they won't need it. That's that's kind of the way I kind of took
3: it. Mm. Like That's a good a good thought. Yeah.
1: Mhm. Okay, this is uh, nineteen through twenty-two.
4: I can read it. Uh, I
3: think it's Margot's turn. Margot. Margo? Emily. You mean Emily. Uh, Emily Margot wants. Like Margo, Margo doesn't Margo. know hey, Margo. how to read. Also, Margo. also, she's not today. here. Okay, <laughs> it, it's it, it's her. One
2: yeah, that's what she was saying at the beginning. We're changing your name. I'm sorry. Just tell Margot Margo. harsh. I kind of like it. Just tell Martin we changed your name. It's no. Lindsay Margot. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay (laughs) the word of the lord came to jeremiah thus says the lord if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night so that day and night will not come at their appointed time then also my covenant with david my servant may not come at their appointed time then also my covenant with david my servant may be broken so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne and my covenant with the levitical priests my ministers as the host of heaven cannot be numbered and the sands of the sea cannot be measured so i will multiply the offspring of david my servant and the levitical priests who minister to me the word of the lord came to jeremiah have you not observed that these people are saying the lord has rejected the two clans that he chose thus they have despised my Oop, people too
1: far you're just oh. supposed to go 22. Uh, it's, it's, okay. it's okay she, it she happens. Was happy always appreciate enthusiasm.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to read the Bible
4: enthusiastically at times. And
1: yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. It was getting juicy. So. <laughs> now we have to stop. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: this, I, I, need, I need the attention. I need to hear the sound of my own voice. No. Um, so, first question. What, what is God saying about the certainty of his covenant with David?
2: So he's going to multiply it and you won't be able to count it.
1: How many, right? I think he's also saying it's functionally unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is like, um, I don't know, it seems like a very, it seems like he's being very reassuring to Jeremiah. It's the impression I'm getting. It's mm-hmm. like, can you like, like I set the star, the stars and the moon in order. It's like, can somebody stop that? All right, then. Do you think somebody can stop me from fulfilling my covenant with David?
3: Well, here's the thing that's that's interesting about that from Jeremiah's standpoint, okay? He knows that Jedekiah is going to be put to death.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
3: Okay. He knows that he's the last king, the last mm-hmm. in the line of David. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to him, it'd be like, how can anything further happen with with Israel and Jerusalem? That yeah. Oh, yeah. All the kings are dead.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. you know, also just to highlight this, he is sitting in prison while he is getting this prophecy. Yeah. And, you know, the Babylonians are outside. Yeah. They, they don't have cannons with catapults or whatever launching an yeah, artillery
3: like
1: yeah, yeah exactly like things are bleak <laughs> and God is saying it's like ultimately I'm God I make things happen I, I built this tiny little planet you're sitting on it's like if I say something's gonna happen it's gonna happen mm. So,
2: the sovereignty of God yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um,
2: why Sam making faces you Yeah, why am I making faces at you, Nathan? Do you want to explain? Because I'm being silly, that's
1: why. I'm being silly at you. Uh. It's going to be an interesting podcast. (laughs) Next question. Why would. uh, I like off the cuff (laughs) podcasts. This this is
2: definitely one of them.
1: Why would the Lord need to reinforce the certainty of his words? Do you think Jeremiah or whoever is listening needed some reassurance? I'd say yes. Sorry. No,
0: that's okay.
1: Uh, Why do you think God is basically reasserting his sovereignty in this matter? Do you think it's because Jeremiah might be a little bit discouraged or the people around him might be a little bit discouraged and God is being like, no, it's going to happen. Just don't worry about it.
0: Needless to say, um, we become doubtful because Mm. we're frail and feeble in nature. And Mm. whenever we don't know what's going to happen, I mean, you can say anything, but... And God could say anything, but I mean, do we doubt? Absolutely, we do. So mm. having that reassurance mm-hmm. of His of His promises that are unbreakable, more mm. unbreakable than any uh, non-negotiable contract. Mm. I'll go,
2: you one better, uh, Emily. Um, I think that that Jeremiah, throughout for what thirty some odd years, has had a bum rap, and it's nice mm-hmm. of him. De- you know, th- this is like almost the ultimate. What? I'm in prison. You know, and yeah. God, you know, wanted to encourage him and be like his loving self and show him his sovereignty and reassure him. Yeah. Of of the, I don't want to say destiny, but reassure him of what's going to come. next. Well, it's
1: Israel's destiny ultimately. Right,
2: right, right, right. The future. Yeah. hmm That that's why I think.
1: Mm. Okay. Do we think, uh, verse 22 is a reference to Christ and the church?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Which, just to reiterate, as the host of heaven cannot be counted, the sand of the sea cannot be measured, so I will multiply the descendants of David, my servant, and the Levites who minister to me.
3: it could be, but, um... I think it's talking about us, actually. I was yeah. gonna
4: say that. You were. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he does that. Yeah, that we're we, we're his seed. I mean, because we serve. Him. Oh, we
1: are. Uh, you know, it's, we're adopted into. Um, grafted. The grafted in.
0: Imputed in.
1: That's an accounting term. I'm really proud wow, of
0: myself for using. Wow, because I'm really a novice when it comes to finances. you really who? A novice when it comes to finance, financial terms.
1: Yeah, just for the sake of recording, <laughs> we don't believe that uh, the church is replacing Israel or something, or that the no, no. That specifically don't talk about Israel <laughs> thing. But um, he's, he's I, f- right. I think there's a fair argument yeah. to be made for that because as
3: here's here's what it does say about this: it says that mm-hmm. we are priests. Mm -hmm. before God, you know, that we are we are all Christians, we're all priests, okay so that fulfills the the concept of the Levites okay, and at the same time, you know we are of the seed of David you know, grafted in
2: sign of the fish
3: so interesting
1: uh yeah well that's what i was thinking you know we're we're adopted through the blood of christ
2: wouldn't it be
4: terrible or maybe it'd be hilarious if in heaven we were just a bunch of tiny little (laughs) fishes
1: oh my gosh all right would somebody like to read 23 through 26 before we
2: me i do and the word of jehovah came to jeremiah saying considereth thou not what this people have spoken saying the two families which jehovah did choose He hath cast them off. Thus do they despise my people, that they should be no more a nation before him. Uh, Thus saith Jehovah, If my covenant of day and night stand not, if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, then will I also cast away the seed of Jacob and of David my servant so that I will not take of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for I will cause their captivity to return, and will have mercy
3: on them. Oh. <coughs> I, I, would, I have caused their captives to return, not captivity.
2: It says captivity right there. See it? it? says captivity, not captives, in my version of but the Bible. That would Bible.
3: imply that, they, that they're going to be back in captive.
2: Well, I can't I didn't write this. Uh, and we're on a podcast.
1: Okay. So do you think that uh twenty four implies that the people in Judah have lost faith and think God has abandoned them? And if so, do you think that uh just kind of shows man's reticence to admit his own sins because they don't necessarily it sounds to me like they don't necessarily see it as a punishment, but just as a God has like wholesale thrown us out?
3: Um, I'll tell you from my experience, okay, or from, from my standpoint, there are many times that I struggle with, with my salvation mm-hmm. in the form of doubting that I, you know, oftentimes thinking I failed God, I I can't be, re, you know, that repentance is, is something to struggle with and that um, I haven't, you know, Even though I repent I'm afraid that I'm gonna fall back into sin, so I'm always struggling with that. Type of of things. Mm. So with with that going on, yes, I think there are times that that you could you could um, think that, well, you know, we've really done it this time. We really blew it. God's not gonna return to us, you know, he's cast us off and we're done for. Hmm. you know and even up to this point I mean God even sat there said pretty much as as that you
1: know yeah I just I got the impression that they're like the attitude here is like God has abandoned us for no reason we don't understand why when the attitude should have been you know well God's punishing us he's yeah. this, this is his discipline falling upon us yeah
3: you're being punished
1: exactly it's just like guess what it's, it's, and it's like a, it's a very human thing to do it's not like we don't necessarily look at our own fault. It's either we're perfect, nothing's wrong, we didn't do anything wrong, or it's like, why are you doing this to me? You're doing this to me for no reason. Yeah. And, uh, you so know,
4: ironically, it's a very atheist thing to do. It's a very uh, Gentile thing to do. Mm. Like, the people who I know who reject God the most, they do that the most. They blame God for things, ironically, mm-hmm. because yeah. they claim they don't believe in God. Yeah. You know, and it's always God's fault if something happens.
3: Mm. Yeah, we see so
1: that the, mm. Mm. okay well it is 8:30 and I think um I think I'll try to put my questions for Jeremiah 34 on teams I've keeps I, I say that every now yeah I am do it because uh, I write I write notes for myself but um
3: yeah there's so much to go yeah. over, is not there
1: yeah oh yeah dad, dad would you like to close this in prayer
3: sure Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise you and glorify you, for your mercy and grace. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to study and to share your word tonight, Lord. We ask you, Father, to to strengthen us, Father, to learn to apply this word to our lives, Father, to take the hope that you've provided here, Father, and to cling to it, Lord, and to walk in it, Father. We want to give you all the praise and the glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Okay,
3: so, let's stop the recording.